0: this morning we have the great privilege and pleasure to be able to hear from God through a vessel that he's used all over the world. Uh, Rabbi Stewart and his wife Chantel have uh, been here in central New York. That's where we got to know them. We've known them for over 30 years and they have been true, true gifts from God for Debbie and me personally. Uh, for us as a congregation uh, And as God directed them out of here it was, it was heartbreaking Because I was like, God, that's my friend Where's he going? But God had an assignment And, uh, you know, he, he and his wife were willing To uproot and go to Belarus And that blossomed into India And into Israel And into the Ukraine and God has used them all over the world. And we have had, amen, we have had the great honor and blessing of being able to be connected with them and support them in what they do. Because I don't know about you, how many of you have have, uh, gone to uh, the Ukraine recently? Well, they go all the time. And they go into places that we can't go, and our role is to support them in prayer and finances because God uses them strategically, and you'll hear about this this morning, uh, in, in impacting people for eternity. This is all about the kingdom. We only have so long here. And I will tell you that Stuart, Rabbi Stuart and Chantal are making the most of their time here. They are our incredible gifts. So if you would stand, and let's thank God for the gift of Rabbi Stewart and his wife Chantal.
1: Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is an honor and a privilege to serve the Lord who gave it all, right? Who gave it all. We owe him all. And it's really like, uh, you know, he's easy to give it back to, but sometimes it's not so easy to kind of follow through. But uh, I want to, don't you? Yes, yes amen. You can be seated. So good to be here. This is like home away from home for me. Not only do I know many of you for decades, but, uh, you know, you, you have a lot of people come in and out of your life, but some people stick because you're just that kind of friends, and uh, that's, that's what it's like for me and Chantal, who sends her greetings. Unfortunately, she's got a little stomach bug, and she's back in the hotel Prayers appreciated for her quick recovery. But for me and Chantal, and she's my best friend and partner in ministry, everything that goes on, you know, we're together on it. It's really a delight. And it's just that kind of friendship with, you know, Pastor Jeff and Deb. Deb and I serve together at the uh, CareNet Pregnancy Care Center, and Pastor Jeff and I were working with David Pope. Uh, on long, long time ago uh, on putting together programs for the church and for the uh, public schools um, that continue to this day, and uh, let's take a moment to praise God that Roe Wade, that deceptive, horrible has been overturned. I know it's still a battle, and the battle will rage in the States, but uh, we got prayer on our side we got love on our side we got truth on our side and let's you know lay it before those who oppose us with humble loving servant-hearted attitudes and not get vindictive like they like to do sometimes you know and uh so i'm just praising god for that i want to take an opportunity to also uh, honor another special friend uh, Jackie Wagner who took over the CareNet Pregnancy Care Centers and expanded them way beyond what uh, they were when I left. Uh, she just did an amazing job and the team now is doing an amazing job. I just want to honor Jackie Wagner who, yes, who went on to be with the Lord a few months back and she's also been a key member of the Reach Initiative International Board, the ministry that God founded through me and Chantal, and uh, she's greatly missed, but we know she's part of our our cloud of witnesses and cheering us all on. Tremendous woman of God, a real example of a servant heart, just a wonderful woman of God, and uh, just like Deb and um, my wife and all you guys that have good wives, hug them up, treat them good, all right? Yeah, because they right that's what yeshua wants from us guys and ladies I'll I'll take my reward at the end of the service from you you can kind of line up and uh okay yeah so so really just being here with with all of you back here in uh central new york and with dear friends who uh not only do we have this kingdom connection but just a deep friendship with pastor jeff and debbie where you can you know just be yourself, and uh you know we're all a little broken, right? Anybody not broken a little bit, you know God's making us holer and holer and holier and holier, and you could just be yourself with those kind of friends, and it uh, doesn't matter if your shirt's not tucked in or you know you spill the spaghetti sauce on your white shirt again, you know you don't worry about it with friends like that, right okay, so uh. I want to tell you right from the start uh, about Ukraine. On February 24th, we got a call from uh, our leaders in the congregations in Belarus and said Ukraine has been attacked and they've attacked, the Russian forces have attacked from our land. And I can tell you that our Belarusian brothers and sisters are heartbroken that this is occurring and that also their land of Belarus was used for the initial attacks and still used to attack with planes uh, and bombardments. Broken-hearted that that, that happened. So, and I know you get all kinds of news and sometimes it's confusing. Well, Chantal and I have been in Ukraine We've also been in Romania, where many Jewish ref- many refugees have fled. We've also met Jewish refugees that have come to the Jewish homeland from Ukraine in in Israel, and uh, uh, many of you know we lived in Belarus twelve years. We've served. We've been serving in that part of the world for twenty six years. Belarus is just north of Ukraine, and. Uh, Uh, In the five years that I was exiled from Belarus, I spent a good amount of my time in Ukraine. So I have a lot of friends all over Ukraine. And most of them are Messianic Jewish leaders and Christian pastors, men and women that I've been in relationship with for more than 20 years. These are men and women of God. So what I share with you comes directly from on the ground, from trustworthy people. And so I want you to know from the beginning, this is a brutal, demonic invasion of the country of Ukraine by Putin and his cronies and his armed forces that is ending the lives of tens of thousands of innocent civilians, women, elderly, grandpa, grandma, children. And it is brutal, brutal, and demonic. It's very evil. Millions, 11 million, more than 11 million have been displaced their homes. People living in their apartments, houses like you are today, forced to flee with a couple of suitcases, maybe a couple of plastic bags. Some of them came with wearing their nightgown and their slippers, fled for their lives, and uh, they don't know if they'll ever be able to go back to a home because The Russian tactic is to turn many of the cities into ashes in order to take them over, and that includes hospitals, people's living quarters, and so on and so on. It's a horrible, brutal, terrible, demonic thing going on there, and people are suffering greatly. And uh, you've all probably seen photos and videos of some of the destruction. I want to show you a brief video, and uh, then I want to show you more some of the good things that God is doing to bring help and hope to the people, and we're going to focus on that. And we're going to focus on the word compassion, a big word, big word in the scriptures, compassion. And uh, we're going to talk a lot about that today. So if you would put up that video, please. This is what thriving cities look like after Russian bombardments. These are not army bases. These are where people live. Не хочеться жодного
0: зайвого слова. На нашій землі побувало концентроване зло, вбивці, коти,
1: хвалтівники, мародери. Выстрелы, выстрелы,
0: а потом, как начали рваться, снаряды, как начали рваться, а у людей, что вони пробили, это страшно. Лазали, грабили, это самое, все пороскидали. Страшно.
1: Провода все оборваны, все. Ну, ужас. That's the of Ukraine,
0: Мы знаем тысячи людей убитых и закатованных за відрубаними кінцівками, з валкаанттои щенків вбитті діти. Я думаю, що це більше ніж а... це є геннаці (морка) Владимир, спасибо вам, что вы остались с народом, никогда не уехали. Все вас благодарят, что вы знали. Спасибо вам. Спасибо. Да, спасибо.
1: Все люди благодарят. Вы Вы молодцы. Вы все все, это вытравили. Хорошо, а вы нам помогите.
0: Мы Мы все поможем. Буча, Буча Буча, золотой город, надо его восстановить, помочь. Золотой город. Все сделаем Люди заводи, да. Поверьте, пожалуйста, Вы можете для животных
1: и бездомных помочь чем-то? Вы извините, что у нас тут много людей мы кормим, но нечем кормить. Пожалуйста,
0: помогите нам.
1: Да, очень много. Не хватает корма, пожалуйста. Анатолий Петрович знает нас давно. Анатолий Петрович пожалуйста. нам сейчас скажет. Спасибо, надо, вам. Все Спасибо. вам. Дай Бог здоровья. Вам дай Бог здоровья. Спасибо. Спасибо. Молодец. Прият будет. Yeah, you know, and and uh, you may have heard stories where the Russian propaganda machine, which is working full time and full speed and very efficiently. You know, Hitler said, uh, and his team said, if you tell a lie big enough, you tell it long enough, people will believe it. And the Russian propaganda machine went to the same school and they're spreading lies. They will tell you that this video, has been staged by the Ukrainian government, and none of this is really happening, but I have Christian pastors and Messianic leaders who are my friends that have been to that exact place, and they have their photos on their phones that they sent to me and my wife, and it is exactly what you see, and the testimony of the people is exactly what you hear, They came in, they were brutal, they uh, raped, they looted, they murdered, and uh, this is what's going on. It's one of the great tragedies of our modern day. Can I get you to put up that next slide, please? So we, on February 24th, when we got that phone call, Uh, our hearts were immediately moved, immediately moved with compassion, and uh, we just knew from the Lord we had to do whatever we could do to help the suffering people of Ukraine, our brothers and sisters in the Lord, the Jewish people, and all the people that are suffering. Next slide, please. And right from the beginning, the Lord gave me three scripture verses this is the first one hebrews chapter 13 verse 3b remember those who are suffering as if you are suffering with them and so i try to put myself in their place as a grandfather of 11 a father of four and put myself in their place and ask myself What would I want people to do if I was in Bucha, Mariupol, and I was helpless? What would I want people to do? What would I want my brothers and sisters to do? I would want them to remember me. I would want them to remember my grandchildren. I would want them to remember me and do whatever they could to help us. And so that's the way I knew I had to be because that's the way I would want them to be. Next slide, please. And, and look at those little kids. Those little kids, they had to flee their home with their mom because their, their town was being uh, shelled and bombed. And now they're in a refugee center. And I want to just tell you what the refugee centers are like. You know, On one side, they're fantastic. Because churches like yours and Messianic congregations, they turned themselves overnight. They had no experience. They had no training. And they turned themselves overnight. They had no choice. People were fleeing, and they were coming to western Ukraine, which was and still is a relatively safe area as Russia now is focusing on the east and the south. And so they fled, and so they had to receive the people. And so we, we are friends with the Messianic leaders in this city, and they're getting more and more people. How are we going to feed them? Where are we going to put them? They're already putting them all over the sanctuary like this, in the pastor's office, you know, everywhere, in the, in the uh, Sunday school rooms, the Shabbat school rooms. And where are they going to put them? So one, one uh, leader who we know for 26 years, uh, she rented a restaurant that had been, it was kind of a wedding hall restaurant that was just down across the street from her sanctuary and uh, had no money, no nothing, just said, I know we need to do it, God has to help. And so when we came into Western Ukraine and we saw the situation, thanks to the generous outpouring of support of friends like you and churches like Res Life, we were able to go back into Romania and buy 40 mattresses. And you see them kind of lined up there. They had put pallets out to put the mattresses on. Uh, and, And they did a nice job of putting curtains up so that families could have a little privacy some of some of them haven't been able to do that and people are just sleeping in an open area like this they divided it up for families with the curtains and uh um and we began buying food i remember walking through the store in romania you know we're like got these carts of you know five mattresses bringing them up front another five you know and just walking through the st- i never bought so many mattresses but we were so grateful That we were able to do this for these people, you know, so that they didn't have to sleep on blankets on hard wooden pallets, you know. And some of them are quite elderly, and uh, you can see this couple. You know, when I got there, they were there early in the war, and uh, we have a staff member who's on site in Ukraine all the time and uh, helping us to coordinate our help there. And when i when I went back to Israel for a period of time because we're doing some work there as well to help uh but when we came back, you know I think everybody kind of thought at the beginning you know we'll go home in three, four weeks, you know, and there they were sleeping in the same place, you know three months later, and uh, now they have very little hope that they'll go home and and have a place to live, you know, because sadly, uh, you know, Russia is turning a lot of the cities into ashes, big cities, thriving cities, you know, and so, uh, you know, we're also helping feeding the people. We were able to set up a playground for the kids because they haven't had a magic, you know, your 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 child or your grandchild, you know they're going to school. They're seeing their friends. They're taking their piano lesson or whatever. You know living normal everyday life, and then suddenly, your apartment building is bombed. You got to get out of there. You're there. You're now living in a refugee center. You're thankful for it, but uh, no school. Everything you knew before is gone. And so, uh, you know, we realized they needed a little something or other, so we were fortunate, again, you know, it's not us, it's all of us, to be able to uh, help them set up a playground for these kids. Next slide, please. Uh, You know, when we went to Romania, what we discovered, this was happening in Poland, uh, Czech, Slovakia, The people at the beginning of the war of these countries, their hearts were so taken, they were opening their homes. Believers and not believers, just opening their homes because the people who were fleeing Ukraine, and remember, it's 11 million people, one quarter of the population of Ukraine has had to flee their homes. Can you imagine? That's like all of New York City, pretty much. And uh, they, they were opening their homes to the people, welcoming the people, taking care of the people. It was just an amazing outpouring of compassion and generosity. And we teamed up with a group of heroic guys. We called them the cowboys. They were just loading up trucks. We were helping with this of humanitarian aid, food, and medicines. And they were driving them into hot zones, you know, war zones, to bring food, bring what was needed. And we, uh, we realized soon on, because we're in touch with uh, Messianic leaders and Christian pastors throughout Ukraine, including cities that you probably have heard about, Kharkiv, which is really getting hit again very badly. They look like they want to turn it into a Mariupol, turn it into ashes. Mikolaev, which has had no uh, drinking water for more than two months. Donetsk, which is also in the east, in the Donbass. Uh, Odessa, and then helping in areas where people have fled. In western Ukraine, Berdichev, Chernov Sea, Uh, Kiev, which is now not under regular attack again, uh, Lviv. And so we're in touch with with Christian pastors and Messianic Jewish leaders in all of these places. We're we're texting regularly, we're calling. I'm speaking to at least one every week, you know, and getting reports from on the ground. And uh, right from the beginning, they informed us, you know, we need... Vans, minivans that can navigate the terrain because it was hard to take big truckloads in so that we can take food and medicine into the war zones and take people out. Children, mothers, and the elderly out. These people are so courageous. They are such an inspiration. They are so full of the sacrificial love of Yeshua, Jesus, they, I mean, I, I, they, it's an honor to help them in any way that we can. They're just such an inspiration to us. And so we've been able to purchase four vans, and uh, that's saving people's lives by both bringing food and water and getting people out. Next slide, please. And, as I mentioned, we're partnering with local ministry leaders in war torn areas and uh you know if if you've been following the news, all of the areas that I mentioned there except for the ones where the refugees are fleeing, the reason they're fleeing there is because they're relatively safe you know uh in western ukraine um, and the reports we get you know uh for instance rabbi andre in Donetsk area which is really getting hit hard again he was a uh, addicted to narcotics and a real bandit for 22 years ago for 22 years he spent in prison and the lord radically changed his life and and i didn't know he and i got acquainted about 15 18 years ago uh, so, when I called him, I had asked some of my friends in Kiev, who is in Donetsk and Kharkiv in these areas that we can help? And they gave us Rabbi Andre's uh, number. When I called him, he said, oh, I know you, Rabbi Stewart. And then he sent me a picture. I had been ministering in a, in a church in Kyiv, Ukraine, and uh, he was there as a relatively new believer. And being Jewish, he really wanted to take a picture with Rabbi Stewart, you know, who's more experienced, I guess. And so he sends me the picture of me and him. So that was amazing. And so we came together for such a time as this. And he, he's just an example of how inspirational, servant-hearted, and sacrificial these people are. He could leave. He could leave. He could flee. He said, I can't leave. He said... The people are depending upon me to feed them, care for them, encourage them. And then he said, I have a prison ministry. And he told me his whole story about his 22 years in prison and being quite a rough dude. And uh, he said, I have a prison ministry. It's 40 kilometers away. But I still go once a week, even though it takes me a day to get back and forth because of all the checkpoints. And got to be careful of, 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 you know, Uh, shelling and so forth. He said, but I can't leave those guys. I can't leave those guys. (laughs) And I said, brother, I love you. I'm just glad we can help in any way that we can. So that's what we're doing. We're feeding people. We're taking care of people as best we can. We're doing our small part together with friends like you and churches like Res Life. Okay, next. So that's my daughter, Miriam, on the left. I have four children, 11 grandchildren, I think I mentioned. And uh, so a lot of Jewish Ukrainians, and, and Ukraine had a very large Jewish population, are fleeing to Israel. They're going to the Jewish homeland. And they're coming with a suitcase or two, and the clothes on their back. Now, think of it. They weren't planning this. They're coming. Most of them live paycheck to paycheck, you know, because that's the way it is in Ukraine. So they're coming with almost no money, most of them. And uh, they're coming to a land where they don't know the language. They don't know how to navigate the culture. They don't know how to open a bank account. For example, in Jerusalem, all the stores are closed on the Sabbath, you know, everything shut down. So this one gal that my daughter was helping called her and said, hey, what happened? All the stores are closed, you know, she didn't know this, you know, so everything is like new. So my daughter swung into action. She also was moved by the compassion of the Lord and she started what we call our house into home initiative. And the idea is to welcome these Ukrainian Jewish refugees back to Israel and to be there for them in every way possible so that they feel like they're coming home to kind of family members that are welcoming them. And then we also, with the help of our supporters, we're providing the people with essential items, clothes, personal care items, et cetera, and also working to furnish apartments for those that are in need with basic furnishings like a refrigerator, a kitchen table, and beds to sleep on. Because they come to Israel, they get the support of the government for one month. uh, They house them in a hotel and feed them, but then they got to go find their own way and make their way, you know, so it's not an easy thing. So we've already helped 200 families 20 of them we've helped furnish their apartments and uh, we have a waiting list of 500 people that we need funds to help them Right? if we're going to help them more with the uh, needs that they have and there's a tremendous influx of Ukrainian Jews into the land of Israel that need help some of them are like, Joseph, my daughter got COVID. And so she was in the hospital and who's in the bed next door? Joseph who fled from Kharkiv with his daughter and her husband. And nobody's speaking Russian in this ward, but my daughter speaks Russian. Ukrainians speak both Russian and Ukrainian. And so she's helping him out. She adopts him like a grandfather. He adopts her. And we have helped this family from beginning to end. They're now living in an apartment. We help furnish it. And uh, he and others have said similar things. And this quote just sticks in my mind and it goes right with your scripture. Uh, I don't know if it's him who said this exact thing, but he said similar. But somebody said this, and I've just held it in my mind. He said, they said to my daughter, if your God produces people like you, I want to believe in your God. Isn't that the way it should be? That." Our God produces such loving, compassionate, sacrificial people that people say, Man, you don't know us from a hole in the wall. We're strangers and you're treating us like family. And you're sacrificing time and energy and people are sacrificing money so that we can be okay. I want to believe in a God who produces people like that. And so on the right is a Holocaust survivor who fled Ukraine. She fled her home before in the Holocaust and we're helping her and she's a wonderful woman and she's standing next to the refrigerator that the support of friends like you help purchase. And here you see in the middle you know Jewish people celebrate the Passover every year. And really, Christian folks, this is a great celebration for you, too. We invite you in, and God invites you, You and you should get in on one if you can. But one of the things that we say at the end of the Passover Seder, if we're out in the Diaspora outside of Israel, we say, next year in Jerusalem. Well, for 80 Ukrainian refugees, we made this year in Jerusalem, and they felt so honored and so blessed to have their first Passover put on by followers of Yeshua because we love them. Because we love them. So that's our House into Home initiative in Israel. Next slide, please. Just want to let you know we're continuing with our Holocaust survivor ministry throughout Israel, even though we're putting a lot of time, money, and energy into helping the people of Ukraine both on the ground in Ukraine and and in Israel. Next slide. And, you know, we we celebrate the feast with them. We visit them in their homes. We help them practically. We love on them. And uh, when we take them to biblical sites in Israel, it's just a very easy, natural way for us to share the scriptures and the life of Yeshua and the teachings of Yeshua. And I'm overjoyed to report to you, that since the pandemic began, 21 Holocaust survivors have opened their hearts to the love and salvation of the lover of their soul, the lover of our soul, Messiah, Yeshua. And these are not people who stood up in a big meeting and and raised their hand. These are people who usually in small groups or in their homes make these prayers. They know what they're doing. And our team stays close and nurtures them and disciples them. And I'm amazed. Most of them are kind (coughs) of, you know, they're in their 80s and 90s. And they're moving forward a little bit, step by step, you know, with the Lord. Next slide, please. And we're real excited about this. Be looking for our first book. It's called Behind the Curtain, The Candles Burn." If you don't get our e-news, we're going to inform you on how to get that book later in July. There's a sheet out there. You can sign up for our e-news. It's free, and we don't share your your information with the world. We keep it sacred. That's between you and us. Or you can go to our website here. It's reachii.org, R-E-A-C-H-I-I.org, and sign up on the website. You can also find a lot of e-books This is our first full-length book, but I've put out a lot of e-books that you might find interesting and inspiring, so uh, you can kind of go through our website and look for those resources as well. But this book uh, tells the story, the history of the Jewish people, pre-war, Holocaust, their tough lives under communism, then after communism when we and our team stepped into their lives and it's told through the eyes of 15 of our personal friends, Holocaust survivors that we know well. So it's told through their eyes and 14 of these Holocaust survivors are followers of the Jewish Messiah. They believe in Yeshua. Some of them are already dancing and singing with them in in heaven. So that's the unique part of this book. You will not find, uh, I don't believe, to the best of my knowledge, another book that has in its story Holocaust survivors finding the comfort and healing and love of the Messiah of Israel like 14 of these did. So be on the lookout for that and uh, we'll keep you posted through our e-news. Next slide, please. We keep loving on orphans and kids with cancer. These are ministries in Belarus that, through my wife, God birthed these, and uh, she gathered teams around her. She has a big mercy gift and is a wonderful example of compassion, Chantal. Next slide. Camp Chalutzim in Belarus. This year we're holding three summer sleepaway camps in Belarus, you know, and our teams were wondering, you know, should we do it? It's such a tough scene here in Belarus. The economy's suffering because we're getting sanctioned in the same way that Russia is because uh, we're partners with Putin. Uh, the government is, the people aren't, uh, most of the believers aren't for sure partnering with Putin in this, but the government of Belarus is. And uh, the economy is really suffering. The people are oppressed. And so oh, we said, let's do it. We got to do it. You know, Our team said, we got to do it you know, just to give the kids something that they really look forward to every year. We've been doing this 17 or 18 years already. And so uh, we're going to have 180 kids and teens. And uh, yeah, 180. Uh, from impoverished Belarus, and of course we rely on sponsorships from friends around the world in more prosperous countries to help them go. They pay in part, but we sponsor every, every uh, camper, either part or full, to go to this fun-packed but not just life-transforming camp. We have a lot of young people who are serving the Lord in our congregations who came through camp, they received the Lord there. And next slide. And finally, after more than two years, India's been shut down. And so now it's open again. Israelis are coming again to shop spirituality from Eastern mystics and gurus by the thousands now. In the past it was tens of thousands. It's gonna build up slowly. But sunrise is open, so now that they now they can come to our store and get the real goods, you know what I mean? You know, the truth and love of the God of Israel. We don't need the uh, demonic empowered philosophies of uh, the gurus and yogis. (coughs) We have a great team up there. So let's move on here a little bit. Just wanted you to know that these other things continue. The things that those of you have been in touch with us before, we haven't dropped them. Uh, as we've had to spend and want to spend a lot more energy in Ukraine. We have great teams, you know, that are doing the work. So I put together a few definitions of compassion to kind of bring it home to myself and to you. I want to read them to you. Number one, compassion literally means to suffer together. Among emotion researchers, it is defined as the feeling that arises when you are confronted with another's suffering and feel motivated to relieve their suffering. Compassion is not the same as empathy or altruism, though the concepts are related. Second definition, they're all coming at it similar but different. I just wanted to nail it here. To have compassion means to empathize with someone who is suffering and to feel compelled to reduce their suffering. Three, compassion is a concern for the well-being and welfare of others. Number four, and this one kind of sums it up, the meaning of compassion is to recognize the suffering of others and to take action to help. And when you do a careful read of the Bible and a careful read of the teachings of Yeshua and the, and the disciples, compassion's a big deal. Mentioned a lot, Yeshua was moved with compassion and so compassion is something that rises up in our hearts and then compels us to do something to relieve the suffering of others, to help others. So it's not just a feeling, it's not just love, it's not just empathy, Compassion includes a decision to act, and oftentimes it will require a sacrifice to de- demonstrate compassion from our side. Uh, <clears throat> so I asked myself, and I mentioned this before, what would, but I want to restate it, what would I want others to do If I was being attacked like the Ukrainian people are being attacked, I I would want you to help. I would want you to help my grandkids, my wife, my kids. So I said to myself, if that's what I would want them to do, then that's what I got to do. And then I said to myself, hmm, you know, the war keeps going on and on. And it's not in the headlines anymore, not in the headlines anymore. But I can tell you that the number of people that are suffering keeps increasing and the suffering is multiplying. The need is greater and greater, and so I'm thinking, When it's no longer in the headlines, what would I want people to do? What would I want my brothers and sisters in the Lord? I would want them not to grow weary in well-doing. So I said, i got to be that way. And I know there's suffering all over the world. And I believe we should care, you know. But... It seems to me that this Ukraine tragedy is one of the worst things going on in the world in these days. One of the worst things, if not the worst thing going on in the world these days. And the suffering of the people is a little bit beyond comprehension. So that's why I feel a responsibility to the Lord. To my brothers and sisters in the body of messiah outside of ukraine to keep bringing this before you for the sake of our brothers and sisters the jewish people and all the people in ukraine that are suffering i feel this is a holy responsibility from the lord to bring it before you for their sake and i will continue to and if you are on our e-news Uh, List we send one email every week about the situation in Ukraine when the war started We were sending five a week because I just wanted people to know what was going on and We're posting on on Facebook and Instagram at least four or five posts a week just so you kind of To keep it before you because I know we all get busy, you know, and there's other things that grab our attention But this is tragic, you know and having served Holocaust survivors for 26 years, sitting in their homes, hearing their stories, writing their stories to be preserved. Their stories of loss, their stories of suffering, the stories of the brutality and evil and hate that they, that they endured, it's, it's really beyond human comprehension sometimes. And there we cannot compare the Holocaust, Ukraine, what's happening in Ukraine to the Holocaust. It's not on that dimension. But the, the individual stories and the family stories of suffering and loss, some of those are just the same kind of thing as what the Holocaust uh, and the survivors of the Holocaust experienced. It's, it's brutal. It's really evil what's going on there. And so <clears throat> the second scripture that uh, came to my mind right from the beginning of the war that the Holy Spirit brought to me was Matthew 25, verse 34 through 40. It goes like this: came home in a new way, this passage. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then the righteous, that's us. That's us. We'll answer. Lord, when did we see you hungry? And feed you, or thirsty, and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothed you? When did we see you sick in prison and come to visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. These are amazing and eye-opening words. On one side, it's kind of an awesome spiritual reality that Yeshua is so engrossed in the suffering of people that when we relieve their suffering, it's like we're relieving his suffering. So if you want an opportunity to touch Yeshua in a real special way, this is the verse of Scripture to, to go after, to live. And of course now, this has come home in a fresh new way. People have no food. They have nothing to eat. <laughs> People have no drinking water in a lot of places. Rabbi Andre told me that we get drinking water once every three days bought in, by truck. And if you miss it, you've got to wait three more days. And he said, I'm not sure we're going to last. I'm not sure they're going to keep making it every three days. It's getting rough. It might be once every week. People have no homes. <laughs> this all became very real in a fresh, new, and sad, big way. So sad, how big. And so the third scripture that came to mind right from the beginning that the Holy Spirit brought to me was, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. And so, you know. I believe the scripture is telling us if we have the opportunity to show compassion, grab it. And as soon as we see the opportunity, be moved to relieve the suffering of those less fortunate. And the people, the believers, the household of the family of believers the Jewish people and all people in Ukraine. They need us, they need us. We have already sent in due to the generosity of our partners like you, over $140,000 worth of aid into the country. We are committed to sending, I I wish it could actually be more, but we're committed to sending a minimum of $30,000 worth of aid every month. as long as they need us and we can't do it without friends like you you know it's the way it works we're a team we're a body we're a team and so uh, I want to tell you about my friend Pastor Oleg had a big church few thousand people before the war great friend more than 25 years great friend to the Jewish people too by the way And he lives in the city of Mykolaiv. Here's a summary of the situation in the city of Mykolaiv. Even though Russian forces were thrown back from Mykolaiv, life there is not returned to normal and and they're shelling it like crazy, you know. Uh, (laughs) Worse than that even, is they destroyed the main pumping station for water, and then they took over that area, they occupied that area, and they're not fixing it, the Russian forces are not fixing it. So Mikolayev's been without drinking water for more than two months. Water is now a priceless commodity. Twice a day, residents of Mikolaev line up next to trucks that bring drinking water into the city. We have been able, together with a, a another friend of ours another good ministry bring one thousand life straws into the country for families and soldiers who were defending the city who couldn't get water and a life straw is an amazing filter you can literally drink out of a puddle and you're getting good water it's quite something so we're grateful we could do those little things and this is what pastor oleg shared with me like i said I'm texting regularly, we're on the phone with uh, our friends there. He said this and I quote, we feel we are truly one big family of God. Thank you for being so faithful to help us. Stuart and Chantal, please let all of your partners know how much we need and appreciate their love, prayers and support. And let them know we pray for them too and i want you to know of all the countries and i've been a lot of places that i've been to i've not seen prayer like i've seen in ukraine those folks really pray they give themselves to prayer before the war even powerful prayer and so when they say they're praying for us too they are and uh and it's powerful and they're having prayer meetings Pretty much all the leaders I know are having prayer meetings pretty much all day, uh, every day, right now. And here's a little side note to just give you a little insight into the kind of people our brothers and sisters, the spiritual leaders are. So I asked Pastor Oleg, so how are you doing? And he says, well, only my wife is with me, the children and grandchildren we sent out of the city. Nikolai of being hit hard. We are good because God is with us and we feel him close. But the situation here is not easy and the work to help the people is very hard. The courage and compassion of Pastor Oleg and all of these pastors and Messianic leaders, I mean, wow. You know, I ask myself, I would hope I would be just courageous. We have been helping uh, a team that from the beginning, their vision, their focus, and their work was to take vans. And I mentioned we helped purchase four vans because of support of our friends. Take the vans into the war-torn areas, to bring food, medicine, water, and take out mothers and children and the elderly to safety. And they're risking their lives day after day. They go into Harkiv now, they go into Mykolaiv, they go into the Donetsk region, you know. And it's like, wow, this is amazing sacrificial love and courage amazing sacrificial love and courage. And these are the kind of people that our brothers and sisters are that we're teaming up with to be of some help. So, you know, I was just looking at the clock. I see i got a couple more hours. So, <laughs> uh, I want to touch on this. I didn't touch on this this morning. You know, in Acts chapter 1-8, I don't have that scripture up for you, but it's an easy one to remember. Most of you know it. it says. But you will receive power when the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and through all of Judah, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You know, I remind myself The reason that he gave us the Holy Spirit was not so that we can speak in tongues simply. Although I like to speak in tongues, I find it helpful. It was not so that we can simply enjoy the anointing of God at our services. It was primarily so that we would bring love and good news, witnesses of who Yeshua is, so that people will say, if your God makes people like you I want to believe in your God. And so the Holy Spirit was given us to empower us to do these deeds of compassion and to say we do them because we got great news. God loves you in the midst of your horror, in the midst of your circumstance. He is not the author. He did not abandon you. He is sending us to you. And he is with you. And literally, when I give you something to drink, and you give them something to drink, Yeshua, thirst is quenched. So I want us to remember that. This is why we receive the Holy Spirit. This is why we receive the Holy Spirit. This is our gift This is our commission. This is our responsibility. You can only imagine how I felt when I got a call from my brother's sister's relative who lives in America. She's in Ukraine. and She said, can you help get my parents out? And you can't imagine how I felt when we arranged for them to get to Chernoff Sea, which is where we have helped set up refugee centers, and they slept in those refugee centers, and then we drove them across the border to to Romania. And then I'm thinking, I'm thinking, this is all of our opportunity. I mean, this came so close. But it's all of our opportunity as the body of Messiah to touch our relatives, even though we may not know them. They're our brothers and sisters, you know, and they're just people that were trying to live their lives, you know, and, and I, I want to I encourage you with something. Two things, you know, of course, you're part of that rescue because of your prayers and your support. It's real. It's the way God orchestrates things. But I also want to say, you know, Rabbi Stewart is no superstar. There are no superstars in the kingdom of heaven. There's only one superstar. His name is Yeshua. Yeah, he's the superstar. And when we tune into him, you know, we do little superstar kind of works, right? Each one of us, because he's a real superstar. But like most of us, there are times in my life where I get so busy with the things that are right in front of me, you know, that it's hard to see the opportunities over here and over here. And I just got to tell you, you know, we all fall into that and God knows that. But I hope, like me, you don't like that. I don't like that place where it's like that. And so when I realize I'm there, I go, Ooh, Lord, sorry about that. Let me get out of here real quick. Uh, Let me check out the opportunities. Let me look for some opportunities. I love this. Let me look for some opportunities to do what's right in your eyes and to love being kind to others. and to live humbly and obey you and follow your example. You know, yesterday I landed in Syracuse and I stayed with friends of mine that live in the inner city of Syracuse. I landed, we were at their house at 12, we were drinking some cold tea at two o'clock in the afternoon in their backyard and suddenly we hear these sounds like firecrackers. And then we realized when we heard shouting and saw these young men running They were shots, eight to 10 shots, I thought I heard. And then when we went in the house and after a while came out, we realized one young man was shot and bleeding on the ground and another had driven his car into a tree after being shot. He's no longer, he's no longer, the other one's gonna make it. And then later in the day, I was sitting on the uh, porch the police had it all roped off with that yellow tape, you know. And I'm sitting on the porch with uh, my friend's son, who's lived in this neighborhood all his life, thirty years. Uh, and then one of his buddies came by, and he's in his twenties or something like that. And they were chatting, you know. And uh, you know, I'm sitting there. Max is over here. He's the son. I'm over here, and then, you know, on the steps of the porch is this young fellow that's chatting with Max. And so after a little while, I just interject and said, yeah, this whole thing is heartbreaking. Uh, you know, I'm a grandfather and father. I said, you know, I just feel like hugging all these guys. He said, yeah, they just need some love, you know. They just need some love. I've been there. I know what it's like, you know, so obviously he had been involved in some stuff. And uh, I know what it's like. I've been there. They just need some love. And then I keep hearing them talk, and then I feel like the Lord gives me a word. And I said, has anybody, you know, I like to be tentative with these things. I always suggest we all be a little tentative. I said, has anybody ever told you that uh, uh, you got a heart of a pastor? You know, and I'm thinking that God might be calling you to be a pastor. I don't know this kid from a hole in the wall, you know. So uh, he says, well, my grandfather's a pastor. I said, oh, interesting. And I said, what about your father? And he says, "Uh, well, I didn't know him for 19 years. And then I reached out to him. We had a pretty good time. He's a pretty good guy with a pretty good heart. I said, who talks like this, you know? I said, this guy's a pastor, (laughs) you know. um, but then after I called him a number of times, you know, he didn't really kind of engage and didn't pick up. So I just figured he's got my number. He knows where to find me. You know, it broke my heart. And uh, so then, you know, after we we're all chatting a little bit more, it was real nice, real warm. You know how you get that warm feeling when you're connecting, you know, it's really just nice. And uh love to be kind to others. And so at the end of the conversation, you know, I get up and he holds out his hand. I said, I'm not going to shake your hand. I'm going to hug you, man. And, and I, I'm sure you've all experienced this, but I literally felt like I loved this kid like he was my son. And it's not because I'm such a big superstar. It's just when you're sure the Father's love rises up in you, it's supernatural. Supernatural. You know, and this is what God wants us all to believe in and to be in. You know, I'm not always in it. Sometimes I blow the moments. But I like to be in there because you, you know what? I don't know who was more blessed, me or him. I, I hope him because he needed it more. But I was really blessed, you know. I went away like soaring. Wow. Because it is more blessed to give than receive. It's more blessed to give than receive. And when I hugged him, I just felt the Father's love just kind of increasing. And he hugged me back. He didn't resist. And he, I said to him, you know, your Heavenly Father has got a great plan for you. I believe you're going to help lots of people. And he'll never forsake you. He'll always engage, you know. And, you know, that's, that's, that's the life we're called to. You know, I've got to say, you know, I'm really proud of my four children. Because each one of them, I told you about my oldest daughter, Miriam, in Israel. But each one of them, all four of them. They're leading their families. And I rejoice so much in it to help those that are less fortunate, to look for opportunities and seize opportunities to show compassion, not just the feeling, but the action. And so allow me to encourage you. You know, there are a lot of people in your backyard that need compassion They're in your backyard. And please remember the people of Ukraine because they're going through wow. And I know and I believe you know that as you do, enter into this more and more and we can all enter in more and more this lifestyle of compassionate love. That's one of my life scriptures. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Be imitators of God, therefore, and live a life of love and give. And that's why we say we love people into the kingdom of God one at a time. Because you don't have to be an evangelist. You just got to be a lover. To love them into the kingdom one at a time. And I believe you know, and I know, we're abundantly blessed when we do. I mean, we're blessing people, but we're abundantly blessed. It's the most fulfilling life there is. Well, let's pray. Avinu Malkeinu, our great father, our great king, I'm reminded that you are so far above us. You are holy. You are the creator. You are the almighty. And, uh, you know, we're small and we're a little broken and, you know, but that doesn't prevent you from, it didn't prevent you from giving all. You gave us all, and we owe you all, just like the song said. And because Yeshua didn't hold back anything, because Jesus, Yeshua, didn't hold back anything, we are your beloved sons and daughters. We are adopted into your family like beloved sons and daughters. And you want to use us, but you use us out of this place of being beloved sons and daughters and this love that we experience Lord God propels us forward to want to love on people and show compassion God's love and action compassion and so I ask help me help us to seize every opportunity Help us not to grow weary in well-doing. Help us to seek for opportunities, to show compassion. Help us not to forget the people of Ukraine. Help us not to forget there's people in our backyards. Lord God, and may your name be glorified, and may thousands, because of your compassion flowing through us, say, Thousands say, I want to know your God if he makes people like you. Lord God, and we pray that the body of Messiah and the world would not forget the suffering of the people of Ukraine. We pray, Lord, for an end to this war, though it doesn't look like it's going to end anytime soon. We pray that you would give Western leaders the courage to do what they need to do to help liberate a people from a brutal demonic hateful murderous invasion lord god thank you for your amazing love for us i pray a special grace and a renewed fresh wind of your holy spirit for every family here lord where they most need it whether it's in their marriage relationship their relationship with their kids or whatever it might be, Father God, just a renewed, fresh moving of the Ruach and help them to connect with you in all of it. Thank you so much, Lord, for your amazing love, amazing mercy, amazing faithfulness. We We just rejoice in you. Thank you so much. In Yeshua's name, amen. And thank you, Lord, I just want to bless Ra- Pastor, Rabbi's a teacher, so hey, <laughs> Pastor Jeff here and Debbie, Lord God, for their commitment to you, their love for the people, their sacrificial hearts, which I've experienced the benefit of so many times, and uh, Lord, and and the good report on on Jeff's back that those legs are... Work in the way they should now in the pain. Lord God, thank you. In Yeshua's name, amen. And Gabe, <laughs> and all the leaders here, bless you guys.
0: Uh, Rabbi Stewart was speaking uh, I was reminded of two two scriptures. One in the, the chapter that we're studying, in John chapter 15, about the uh, true vine and how he is wanting us to bear great fruit. But down a little farther, Jesus says, greater love has no man than this, that he would lay down his life. And it goes on to say for friends, but who did Jesus lay down his life for? Everyone, everyone. We were enemies at one time and he laid down his life. And, and he's the example for us. We need to lay down our lives. And as Rabbi Stewart was saying, sometimes we get such tunnel vision. It's, it's about what's going on in our lives. And we live in a country that has the best life that there is. And if you've never been out of this country, you can't really understand that. But we have so much to be thankful for. The Bible says to him, much is given, much is required. And so we've been blessed to be this blessing. And then there's another scripture I was reminded of in Philippians where it says in the message translation, put yourself aside to help others get ahead. Sometimes we just have to set ourselves aside. And it's the best thing we can do to help somebody else because the Bible says as we sow we reap, as we bless, we'll be blessed and yet we have such a challenge here of overcoming that perspective of what, what what's in it for me? What am I going to get? We've got it. We've got the Lord. We've got the kingdom of God behind us. We've got the spirit of God within us. We've got the wisdom of God available to us. We have the resources that he has made available to us. What are we doing with it? What are we doing with it? You know, we have, we have only so much time in this life, and this life is so short compared to eternity. And if it was all about what we were going to get, we'd go right to heaven when we got saved. But it's about what we've gotten, and now we can give to help other people find the love of God and turn to love God. Amen? I'm going to invite Pastor Stewart to come up. I just want us to, uh, to pray for him Deb, would you come up too? Would you stand? You know, we have been blessed that we have this kingdom connection with uh, Rabbi Stewart and uh, Chantal, and and we have the ability to impact people all over the world because this couple has been willing to sacrifice and leave the comfort of America and go to other countries. That doesn't always happen, but... It, I remember when they were making the decision and it was a big decision because they were with children and and it was going to be very different from what they were used to but they were willing and the Bible says when you're willing and then they were obedient you eat the good of the land but God is blessing them we need to bless them if you extend your, your hands, your faith and your love and this goes to Chantal also. Father, we thank you for Rabbi Stewart. We thank you for Chantal. We thank you for their children, their grandchildren. Lord, we thank you for their willingness and obedience. And Father, we thank you for ever-increasing glory. You said you would take us from glory to glory. And so we thank you for opening doors that that have not been opened before, giving opportunities that weren't there before. We thank you for the strategic understanding of your will to be able to walk in your way father we thank you for abundantly supplying all their needs according to your riches and glory by christ jesus and for protecting them every step of the way father we thank you for continuing to network them with with pastors and people in the ukraine and in israel and in india and in belarus and wherever else you have for them Lord, we just thank you for the connection that you've given us, the relationship that we will have for eternity. And, Lord, we just thank you that they will go more blessed than when they came. We thank you for Chantal's healing and their wholeness and strength and recovery. In Jesus' name, and everyone said? Amen, amen, amen. amen. Remember that there is a sign-up if you want the uh, emails that that come out weekly. I just want to pray for you before you go, so if you need to go, go, but uh, let me just pray for you. Heavenly, f- oh yes, there we are receiving, and I've spoken this for weeks now, we're receiving a special offering for the Ukraine, and if you want to be a part of that, either pick up an envelope on your way out and fill it out, throw it in one of the, the uh, giving stations, uh, write out your check to the church. We're going to send one check to them. If you aren't prepared to do it today, do it next week. We'll send that on to them. We're already sending them with a check, but we'll send it on to them so that they get everything. This is one of the one places that when you give, every every penny of it goes right to what we're giving to. That is, that is a very unique thing. Yeah, it's, it's 100% for the Ukraine. So it's Oh yeah, you can do on push pay, you can, thank you. very. There's a category for Ukraine, so you can do that. We've made that adjustment, but let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for every person here, every person online. Lord, we thank you for your presence with us. We thank you for your provision and plan for us. But Father, that provision and plan isn't isolated only to us. Father, we don't want to become so insulated and isolated from the world that we live in that we are not being the witnesses you have for us to be. So, Father, open our eyes. The eyes of our understanding that we would know the hope of your calling. And your calling is to love you and to love others. And so, Father, this week, help us to be aware. As Stuart has said other times when he's come, Rabbi Stuart has mentioned, our antennae have to be up. We have to be available to you, to be used by you with the people that you so love that you gave your son for. Father, we thank you for every opportunity. Let us be more sensitive and aware and more quickly obedient. Even in the times that sacrifice are required, Father, we know our sacrifice will never come close to the sacrifice you and your son have made for us. But Father, we do it with great, great honor to you to be able to be used by you in the lives of anyone else. And, Father, we thank you that as we do what you have for us to do and be what you have for us to be this week, Father, your son Jesus will be lifted up and all people will be drawn unto him. And we thank you, Father, for this. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, have a great week.